hear that? Don't you just... Don't you just think it's like the national anthem of our country? I think it should replace that really boring national anthem that we currently have going on in circulation. No offense to our country or anything. I just think when I hear the theme song to Sex and the City, which is probably maybe my second or third favorite show behind Gossip Girl and Game of Thrones. Three very, very different stories. Um, but it is one of the best shows ever, and I've kind of been on a kick because that's what will happen. Like, the last month, I would say I was on a friend's kick where I would watch maybe four or five episodes every day before I'd go to bed, or sometimes when I was in the shower, I would play an episode just because it was that, you know, the nostalgic feeling. You don't have to watch it. You just have to hear it, and you laugh, and you know what they're doing just, you know, because you've seen it so many times. And then before that, it was Stranger Things, and before that, it was 30 Rock, and then so on and so forth. All these great shows, but right now, I'm on a Sex and the City kick, and, you know, before I get into today's episode and everything I'm going to talk about... I was researching um, some of my favorite um, episodes, and I came across this article, which I don't know why I just closed out of it, but here I'm going to bring it back up, of the every episode of Sex and the City ranked from this article, Vulture, or the website is called Vulture. Anyways, I'm going to just go off of their top five. I mean, they, they listed, um, oh my gosh, they listed 90... 93 episodes. I don't know if that's how many episodes were, you know, shot throughout the entirety of the series, but I'm going to just redo their top five. And literally, they, um, they, they're parallel and match with mine. Okay. Their number one listed episode as top ranked is I Heart NY, which is season four, episode 18. Um, it's nearly impossible to choose between this and my motherboard. Oh, which is the second episode. Okay. This is the episode where Miranda gives birth. Um, it was a wistful homage to the magic of New York City that aired five months after 9-11. It was exactly what we needed at the time. Plot-wise, Big announces he's leaving Manhattan for Napa, and he and Carrie spend one last classic New York night together carriage ride and all. Oh, I love that part. Um, remember the apartment and the pizza and he gives her a plane ticket? Um, and then she wears, oh, she says, hello, lover, about those gorgeous Louboutins when she's shopping with Samantha. Iconic! Oh, I just love SJP. Um, and that song Moon River plays at the end of Miranda goes into labor, and it's just wonderful. Okay, the second episode that they listed... Top five. My motherboard is remember when Carrie is typing something and she's dating Aiden at, the, Aiden at the time and he goes over and leads over to kiss her and then her computer just swipes out and shows all of her information. The whole episode, the message of that ever, the message of that um, episode is back your stuff up, which I thought was very, very useful. I never back up my stuff up, but although with Apple because I have a Mac and I have an iPhone, iCloud does a trick in modern day times. Um, and it's also the episode where Miranda's mother passes away and they get the flowers and, you know, Samantha, you know, can't find her orgasm and it's really, really funny. <laughs> Well, it's kind of kind of weird, but it's actually very funny. Um, and what does it say here? Carrie pushes Aiden away as he tries to help her technical problems, but she rushes to Philadelphia with Charlotte and Samantha to be on Miranda's side for the funeral. The scene when the women rush into escort Miranda down the church aisle behind the casket is it here and do it for ages. I agree. Uh, the third episode that they're ranked out of all of the entirety of the series. Uh, season 3, episode 12, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Charlotte marries Dr. Trey McDougal, a.k.a. Orson from Desperate Housewives, shall we not forget? Um, and he's that other guy, not from Riverdale, but from that other show that, um, oh my gosh, Twin Peaks. I never watched it, but I know he, he's from that. But he's literally, to me, always going to be Orson Hodge from Desperate Housewives. Bree Vandekamp's husband, Marsha Cross's husband. He was so good on that. Charlotte marries Dr. Trey McDougal in her dream wedding. Dreamy, that is, except for the part where she finds out the night before that he is impotent. Fun side notes include Miranda pretending she's a stewardess instead of a lawyer to get a date. Oh, she speed dates. I love that. And then she was telling everyone, I'm a lawyer, I'm a lawyer, and everyone like lost interest. But then she said to someone, I'm a stewardess, and bam. Because I think during the, the, cur- the current times of whenever that was shot, I think, you know, powerful, successful women weren't as, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I guess as, ball- I don't know. Women who were 
as independent and successful, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Women who are as successful and independent as Miranda in that day and age, I don't think has as much balls as they would nowadays. Now, for a woman, all women are bosses. So it, I think Sex in the City was sex, sex in the City. Sex in the City was always ahead of its time, much like the comeback of Lisa Kudrow, ahead of its time. Um, what else happened? The devastation. Uh, fun side notes, including Miranda pretending she's a stewardess. Okay. Um, the devastation comes when Carrie finally reveals her affair with Bader, boyfriend Aiden. Oh my gosh, Aiden leaves her. I forgot about that. The wedding. Oh, that was a really good episode. Okay, episode four, Change of the Dress. Uh, season four, episode 15, Emotional Devastation and Sex in the City Strong Suit. And here's another case in point. Carrie breaks out in the highs when she tries um, on her wedding. Oh yeah, Aiden proposes to her and she's going to get married, but her body, she's having a physical reaction to it. And she gets highs all over her. Her and Miranda go try wedding dresses and she rips, rip, rip it off me, rip it off me. Love that episode. Okay. And last is, um, this is number five, what they ranked. Season six, episode 14. It's called The Ick Factor. In one of the show's most emotional turns, Samantha finds out that she has breast cancer. When she goes in for a breast augmentation consult, Miranda and Steve have their low-key wedding, which Samantha tries not to ruin with her, with her news. The truth um, emerges in a friendship moment for the ages during the reception after Samantha tells Carrie and Charlotte the three fall silent when Miranda approaches Miranda begs. Miranda begs. Miranda begs to know what's going on. Quote, forget about my special effing day and just be normal, please. Samantha blurts out that she has cancer, and Charlotte tells Miranda, no, go back to your people. We'll talk about this later. Miranda says, you are my people. We'll talk about this now. And then remember Carrie says after that, you are the bossiest bride ever. And Miranda then says, yes, I am. And you just do everything I say. I love that show. I remember all lines. It's so funny how I can remember every line of that show, but I can't remember like even what the Declaration of Independence is or like who the first president of the world is. I don't even know. Anyways, I just thought I'd share that little factoid of uh, information to start today's episode off. Um... It is, you know, I'm also recording this on Thursday. It is uh, the 15th of August. This is my Friday episode. So if you're listening Friday, it's the 16th. If you're listening today, Thursday evening, it is the 15th of August. And um, before I get into our stories, a word from our sponsors. Love it. Appreciate it. Grateful for it. Thank you, Spotify. Now, today's first story um, is interesting because I kind of... When I was, I'm going to say, ninth or 10th grade, every Christmas break or February vacation, I used to go to Florida with my family and our very good family friends, um, the Strekkers, who introduced us basically to Fort Lauderdale and the magic and glory of what it is. And one of those trips, um, we went down there, we went to the Daytona 500. And I remember this very, very vividly. I was with my bestie Paige and we went to the show. It was really, really fun. <clears throat> I had never seen an NASCAR race before. I believe George Bush was the president at the time because I remember the the... Air Force One was there, and he was there, and Whoopi Goldberg waved the flag, and I remember her being right there. That was super cool. Ben Affleck was there. I can't even believe him. I just, it was so long ago, and I didn't appreciate it in the moment. I kind of wish I did, but I loved it, and um, yeah, so the first story today ties into that, um, and it's, it's on CNN, but I was going to read from TMZ right afterwards, because the TMZ always gives like more current up-to-date, you know, little tidbits. Dale Earn Dale Earnhardt Jr. survives plane crash at small Tennessee airport, officials say. Very, very scary. And this is from CNN again. Dale Earnhardt... I'm sorry. Earnhardt or Earnhardt? It's, it's Earn and then Hart, but not H-E-A-R-T. It's H-A-R-D-T. So Dale Earned... Okay. Dale Earnhardt Jr., famed NASCAR driver and auto racing analyst, and his wife were involved in a private jet crash in eastern Tennessee and escaped serious injury, officials say Thursday. Um, Elizabethtown Fire Chief Barry Carrier told CNN affiliate WJHL that Earnhardt and his wife Amy were on the plane that crashed in Elizabethtown Municipal Airport. Local police say the plane ran off the runway. The plane ran off the runway upon landing at 3:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
And then there's a video here. I'm never going on a private jet, no matter how, where my life takes me or what happens or if my friends, you know, become fabulously successful. I'm never going on one of those things because even though they're super, super, like, exclusive, bougie and fabulous, like, mm-mm, I like those big planes. Um, the retired driver, Sister Kelly, tweeted that those on board were okay. Quote, Everyone is safe and has been taken to a hospital for further evaluation. We have no further information at this time. Thank you for understanding. The Federal Aviation Administration said a, a Cessna citation rolled off or a Cessna citation rolled off the runway and caught fire after landing. It said it had received no reports of injuries. It's a miracle because literally it looks like this plane is up in smoke. The FAA said two pilots and three passengers were on board. The plane's tail number was N8JR. The FAA said Chief Carrier told CNN that all five people um, we're out of the plane in the fire de- when the fire department arrived, quote, when our first unit evolved, when our first unit arrived, there were heavy flames coming from the airplane, said Carrier. The fire burned for 20 minutes. Carrier says they were transported to Johnson City Medical Center as a precaution. Bristol City Motor Speedway is a few miles from the airport. The Monster Energy NASCAR series is scheduled there for Saturday night. The airport remains closed while authorities investigate the crash and attend to a fuel spill. 2017, Earnhardt 44 was voted NASCAR's most popular driver in the 15th, for the 15th straight year. Earnhardt, son of the late racing legend Dale Earnhardt, is a NASCAR analyst for NBC, and that person said, quote, We are aware of the media reports and have been in contact with Dale's team. We all have no further comment until we have more details. This story is development. Okay, developing. Okay, so that's from CNN. Well, thank God everyone on the airplane's okay. That's really, really scary. Plane crashes are, you know, so scary. And every time I fly, I always say a little prayer, and I just, I freak out because you're, you're putting, you're not only putting your faith in two pilots who you don't even know um who you don't even get to meet before you just see them with their little rolly bags walking down the aisle with the flight attendants you're like i just want to meet you and know everything about you no you're putting your faith in a machine no you're putting your faith in a factory where you don't know where it is when you don't know what happened what the little pieces on the plane are i always think about that every time i fly and it freaks me to f out but that's why people say you have to have more faith but I don't know. It scares the heck out of me. Okay, now I'm going to read the same article from TMZ because they have some updates um, in the article title on TMZ is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Fiery plane crash transported to hospital. Uh, okay. Excuse me. Here we go. A NASCAR legend, Dale Earnhardt Jr., was a passenger on a plane that caught fire after crashing in Tennessee. Officials tell TMZ Sports he was transported to a nearby hospital. The plane registered under Earnhardt's JR Motorsports crash at Elizabethtown Municipal Airport in Carter County just minutes ago. No word on what caused the crash. Officials tell us Dale Jr. made it off the plane alive, but his current status is unknown. Uh, we're told there were other passengers on the plane, but officials do not have a complete passenger list yet. Reportedly, Earnhardt's wife, Amy, and one-year-old daughter, Isla, uh, were on the plane as well. That's scary. Officials would not confirm that with us, nor share their health status. FYI, the aircraft is a 10 seat twin engine, Kessa Citation Latitude. And the pictures show uh, the plane was a fiery wreck at the end of the runway at the small airport. We reached out to Dale, Dale's rep for comment. All they said is we were aware of the situation. We'll put out a statement later. And then here are some updates. Oh, gosh. Wow. Um, okay. At 3.12 p.m. Pacific time, my time, LA time, WCB, WCYB uh, in Bristol has obtained footage of Dale Jr. being treated uh, by the EM, EMS at the scene of the crash. And there's a, there's a little video here from lying on the ground, but he looks like he's a bit shocked. 2, 2.05 p.m. The FAA tells TMZ Sports the airplane rolled off the um, end of the runway at 12.40 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time, we're told the investigation is currently underway, and the National Transportation Safety Board is expected 
to determine a cause of the crash, one of the APM Dale Jun- Dale's- Dale Jr.'s sister Kelly just released a statement confirming Dale's wife and daughter, as well as two pilots, are involved in the crash. Quote, everyone is safe and has been taking to the hospital for further evaluation. We have no further information at this time. Thank you for understanding. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, that's, uh, that's very, very scary. And thank, thank, thank the Lord that um, everyone is okay. So that's that. And I still, I, that was, you know, kind of scary because I, you know, that person, not personal relationship, but like personal sort of connection to even knowing who that was, because if I didn't know who he was, I might have not reported on that story. Um, which is just cray Z. Okay. Well, the next story, well, there's so many things I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Um, there's more updates on Todd, Chris Lee and his wife being indicted, as I mentioned before, but the next story I'm going to go to it's about Jennifer Lopez, because I love J-Lo. She's my favorite. That song Louboutin she did is just, like, iconic and just so fabulous. Um, and she's just a gem. So this comes from E! News. Jennifer Lopez somehow just outdid everyone with this present to Alex Rodriguez, her fiancé. Um, we didn't think it was possible for anyone to top Alex Rodriguez's epic birthday gift to Jennifer Lopez's, but again... But then again, J-Lo is one to defy the impossible for her fiancé's 44th birthday. The love don't cost a thing singer surprised him with a bright blue vintage Ford Bronco. Well, you might be saying, okay, now that the former Yankee third baseman is over the moon. At J-Lo, thank you for the best gift he wrote on his Instagram story. Later returning to social media site to share a video of them cruising along the car listening to Cardi B. Top down, sunny day, radio on. <laughs> oh, that's so fabulous. Um, the car was purchased from Vintage Broncos based out of Atlanta. Quote, it's a very rare and special Bronco that Jen picked out and personalized for Alex, a spokesperson tells E! News. It's a very 1976, I'm sorry, it's a 1976 Restamod, meaning it's been restored. And while it looks vintage, it's been upgraded with modern luxuries. Those um, include AC, heated seats, backup camera, Bluetooth stereo, new diamond stitched upholstery, LED headlights. Oh, that's so fabulous. I need to get myself one of those. Although I don't like Fords. Um, my dream car, let's play this game. What's your fav- What's your dream car? My dream car, and I've always thought about this, like... One of my older years, if I make it there, the one car I want more than anything in the whole world, which I always see in LA because everyone has them because everyone in LA is so fabulous and fancy and successful, is a Mercedes G-Wagon. I want it in black. I want it super, super, super souped out because it's a big car and I like big cars because I feel very, very safe. And when I was in high school, I had an SUV. I have a mid-sized SUV now. When I first moved to LA, I had another SUV. So I kind of like, there's one point in time where I didn't have an SUV. I went from my, my second car, at least I had a sedan and it was a sports car and it was nice and it was really fast. And it was really cool, but it didn't feel safe. So I like a big Big think are also Mercedes are made really well. And I feel like for, you know, when, I, when I'm more established in my life, um, I would love a nice shoe wagon. But if anyone wants to give me one for free and or just to try it out and model around the streets of LA, because I'm very, very glamorous and like to keep myself looking very healthy, prim and proper and all put together, I will happily, happily chauffeur your car around for you any time of day or night. Um, now back to this article. Uh, there's more stitch on the armrest between the two front seats is a 13 in honor of his jersey number. Oh, that's so sweet. Plus, Yankee logo is embossed on the floor mats, all of which comes at a nice, hefty price. The restorations cost up to 200 grand, which is, like, literally nothing for them. Oh, my God, it's so fancy, the inside of the car. The 1966, uh, 1977 Ford Bronco is the number one hottest classic car in the market, adds Vintage Broncos, noting that other celebs like Lady Gaga, Simon Cowell, Jeremy Piven, Luke Bryan, and Jay Leno are also proud owners. I forgot about Jeremy Piven after his whole thing um i just kidding i really love him him as ari gold is like classic an entourage of course and if you don't know that go to hbo and watch entourage it's the best show ever one of the best the best show obviously on hbo is the um is game of thrones then the comeback then big little lies then entourage um so needless to say this duo is perpetually riding the style after all 
for her 40th birthday in late July, A-Rod presented her with a $140,000 custom Porsche. Very cash, right? Um, it came with a big gold bow on it and was delivered to their house. A source shared with E! News at the time. The license plate says J-Lo. Naturally, she was shocked, as I would be too. But it turns out we were even more shocked by her revelation that came after the unveiling. I've never had a car like this. She squealed upon seeing it for the first time, which captured on her day in my life. My birthday, YouTube video. I've never even driven a car before. Oh, must be so fab to be J-Lo. Say what? Oh my God, it's perfect. She continued. She drove off. It's amazing. So now that A-Rod has new wheels in his own, perhaps she can reclaim her spot in the passenger seat. Oh, that's just so glamorous. I love the rich and famous. You know what? Do you guys remember that show? It was on VH1. It was called The Fabulous Life Up. I literally watched it on YouTube all the time. And my favorite episode of all episodes was back in the day. I believe this was, I'm going to say the year. What year did the show come out? I don't even know. But I remember when it was on Paris and, um, Nicole and all those girls and Lindsay were like literally running Hollywood and they did the, they had a fabulous life of Paris and Jay-Z and Beyonce and all of them and it was so glamorous and like literally my mouth would drool like watching it and now that I live in LA I like see all the hotspots that they used to go to that are like no longer hotspots but you know they're still kind of cool and I like to see everything that they're doing and it's just so cool to be in this whole orbit of what their world used to be even though this is still a little world but you know they moved on and they've graduated and they're more mature and they're like not out partying anymore but hey that's okay because now I as a young 30 year old can see the hotspots in LA okay now, the next story, <laughs> well, I'm on E! News again, and the, the Dale Earnhardt Jr. is here as well. But I feel like CNN and TMZ pretty much covered everything of what I needed to and covered the whole gist of that story. So the next story I'm probably going to talk about is, now let's see, I'm going to do this, this Chrisley story because it seems to be circulating in the news a lot. And it's just out of control, and they need to settle down and sit down and stop you know, airing their dirty laundry. Um, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, here we go. News from E! News. Todd Chrisley claims daughter, Lindsay, spelled L-I-N-D-S-I-E. That's so interesting. I, I know Lindsay as L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, like Lindsay, or Lindsay L-I-N-D-S-E-S-E-Y, but I've never seen L-I-N-D-S-I-E. Lins, Lins, Lindsay. Lindsay? No, Lins, Lindsay. Oh, it's Lindsay. Like, why? Why? Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. Lindsay Lohan. Okay. To why? Okay. I don't even know why I'm going crazy today. Todd Chrisley claims daughter Lindsay had extramarital affairs with Bachelor stars. Um, this is from E! News. The family drama involving the Chrisley crew isn't slowing down just yet. Ooh, what a salacious headline. Um, just days after Todd Chrisley and Julie Chrisley were indicted for tax evasion and other financial crimes... Claims they strongly deny new allegations are being made public that could showcase a divided family. Um, in a police report obtained by E! News, Lindsay Chrisley stated that, quote, there, are, there is an ongoing issue with her family threatening and harassing her. And according to a report taken on the 16th of July, 2019, Lindsay stated that she recently learned her stepbrother claimed to have purchased a sex tape involving her. Oh, that's just wrong, girl. You gotta keep yourself off the camera. Um, based on the report... The Coffee and Convos podcast co-host, <gasps> hello, podcast sister, um, stated that her father and stepbrother, quote, wanted to lie, wanted her to lie about the incident, and if she refused to do so, they were going to release the sex tape involving her. Now, that's not proper family etiquette. Now, is it for a Southern family? I think not. Um, in response to the claims, Todd released a statement to E! News denying the accusations, quote, it is heartbreaking and shameful that these kind of accusations have to be aired in public. We have tried to keep Lindsay's extramarital relationships with Bachelor Nation stars, Robbie Hayes, who, by the way, is very, very handsome. I've looked at his Instagram before. And Josh Murray, private for her sake since... I just spit all over my computer, sorry. Uh, since August of 2016, the Chrissy Knows Best star shared 
Um, and then uh, the following quotes, quote, sadly, for reasons we can only guess that she's ran to the sheriff's office to accuse her brother of buying a sex tape of her and Rab Robbie, which was a complete lie. And now she's telling more lies about me. You know, he's lying. She's lying. They're lying. The president's lying. Who isn't lying these days? Is it the Chrisley? Maybe it's Todd that's lying. Maybe. I don't know. I just, this is just really sad. And I think this is what happens when your family goes in, into the public eye on a reality show specifically because so many families fall apart. Except for, much in so much respect to them, the Kardashians. Like, they've had massive blowout fights on that show. Like, remember when Kim got her Bentley? And probably season two or three. And her and Chloe got into that monstrous fight. And look at them. They came out on the other side because family first. Um, it's like, it seems as though, and I don't know the, the exact details of this whole scenario, that, uh, you know, they're all throwing each other under the bus because maybe they don't want to, you know, maybe they all know secrets about each other. Secrets, secrets, secrets. Okay, they continue this article. E! News has reached out to Robbie and Lindsay's teams for comment. Um, as for Josh, he spoke out about the relationship with Todd's daughter. Quote, Lindsay and I have been friends for years. I know Todd and his family are going through some tough times right now, and I pray everything works out in their favor, Josh shared with E! News. Oh, that's so politically correct. Um, quote, they should probably focus on how... Not to be in prison for 30 years rather than spreading gossip to try and hurt their daughter. There we go. There's a shade. I truly believe they are good people and I wish them the best and however they choose to go about their actions. Julie and Todd's law attorney, Stephen Freindberg, also calls any claims of extortion, quote, completely false. He also shared with the news that Lindsay made a sworn statement before filing a police report where she wanted to support her father. Quote, back on the 6th of this year, I interviewed her and she took a sworn statement and she denied everything. She stated she was never coerced in being an aide to her father at all. I don't know what happened to that family, fracturing, but bottom line is there was a rift in the family, which is why she's not on the show. The couple's attorney shared with E! News, quote, she came voluntarily and contacted her father and that she wanted to help and that she had information and she was voluntarily came into the office. Like, that's just out of control. Earlier this week, a spokesperson for the U.S. Attorney's Office confirmed to E! News that Todd and Julie pleaded not guilty to all charges during their arraignment. Um, they were subsequently released on $100,000 unsecured appearance bonds. I don't know what that means, but if you're a lawyer, you probably do. Um, soon after, Lindsay broke her silence on family's legal drama with her statement through her lawyer. Quote, it was reported that Lindsay was the source of information that led to her father's arrest. This is untrue. She was not the source of this information, Lindsay's attorney stated. Quote, Lindsay has been a constant target of lies, harassment, and threats from her family, and as a result have been distracting herself from the Christie family since 2017. Lindsay is currently processing the events that have unfolded. We will continue to cooperate with law enforcement and pray for just one resolution. On Thursday morning, Todd took to Instagram and expressed gratitude for all the supporters he and expressed his comfort in his faith. Of course, because they're a very religious family, so I understand that. Quote, We are getting back to work after this distraction and our show hasn't been canceled. God delivered much clarity yesterday as to those who set a net for us. So the Lord says, may the net... Uh, may the net your enemies cast for you be the same. They become snared in, Todd wrote. Quote, to each and everyone that has supported us in this journey we call life, we love you with all of our hearts. The kindness we have has been shown yesterday and through this process has been overwhelming. God is good. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves now. But there, but, 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 but there is an update in this article at the top of the article. It says, update, Lindsay Chrisley and her legal team are speaking out after Todd Chrisley's latest claims. Quote, Lindsay would like nothing more to be left alone and go about her business. Unfortunately, certain members of her family will not let her live in peace. We are flabbergasted at the audacity, Todd and Chase Chrisley, who are more focused on attacking my client rather than defending themselves against the allegations of criminal conduct. Her attorney, Musa Gahunye, who is Middle Eastern, or she's Middle Eastern, said in a statement to E! News, quote, 
While it's not necessary to detail the repugnant action, oh, I love the word repugnant, uh, it is important to know that the allegations are of serious crimes against Lindsay. Lindsay has made a complaint of their actions to law enforcement, and she will provide them with whatever they need in the course of their investigation into the family's actions. Lindsay prays for a just outcome so that she can go forward with her life safe from those who are looking to do her harm. After Enos posted about the story on Instagram, Lindsay replied to the comments, replied in the comments section, with the message, stay out of the fray, they say. Now, oh, I'm going to wipe my computer screen down because I get so passionate about these stories that I spit. I become so involved. I just love these families. And I just, you know, I'm a lover. I want everyone to be okay. And I want everyone to be happy. And this is a really tough story. But this is a, this is a tale as old as time for your family. Don't go on reality TV unless all of your, all of your, uh, what did they say? Ducks are in a row. You know, because you don't, you don't, uh. You don't want anything to come out, and we're living at a time where, uh, you know, leaks are happening in the iCloud, and whatever is being hacked. Oh, she's out of control. Okay, so you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to end this episode on this one last article. It's a little bit of a political news, because, you know, I, I want to keep it well-balanced. I am the mistress of pop culture, but I'm also... Um, Diane Sawyer. So, back on CNN, my second favorite website after... Well, my third favorite website after TMZ and Page Six because <laughs> I just love entertainment. Um, and this is a, a little bit of Trump news because they're like a little comedy. And, you know, as, as, as dark as, you know, we are in the ages of, you know, Trump. Um, you know, a little humor is good. And this kind of made me giggle and laugh. CNN exclusive. New documents reveal behind-the-scenes clash over spending inside Trump inaugural committee. This was written uh, by Vicki Ward, CNN. The former advisor to First Lady Melania Trump. Why is every time we read an article, somebody is a former advisor, a former lawyer, a former spokesperson? Like, their employment rate is really high. Like, maybe I should apply for a job there. You know what they need? They need a, um, a non-biased, happy, chirpy, loving, glamorous, ethnic U.S. citizen, may I add, because I am a U.S. citizen, and I know the world's a little skeevy right now about that, um, person to report their news. And I'm not going to be a figurehead like Sarah Sanders were, may she rest in peace, wherever she is. Um, but I would be, like, really funny, and I would make jokes. And, you know, since basically the world is a bit, um, let me say, how do I say this politely, um, falling apart, I think they need somebody funny to, like, deliver their news. And in a funny, chirpy, happy way where I could maybe put on a skit and, and, and deliver the news versus, you know, these really harsh articles that make me want to crawl into a hole and scream. Anyways, I digress. Back to the article. The former advisor to former... Not former. The former advisor to, firstly, Melania Trump, who has come under fire um, for the cost of the President Trump inauguration... Uh, was among the event planners who raised concerns about excessive spending in the weeks before the events, according to documents obtained by CNN. Stephanie Winston Wolkoff, a former friend of Melania Trump, <laughs> again with the former, um, has emerged as a witness for investigators and received a subpoena last month by Washington, D.C.'s Attorney General. Oh, I would love a subpoena. I've never been subpoenaed, knock on wood, but I would just love a subpoena and go to Washington. Ooh, because it never rains in L.A., and I feel like it's always raining and gray in D.C., and I would love to like wear all black and carry an umbrella with a veil. And I wouldn't be going to a funeral, of course, but I would be going to the White House, which is basically like going to a funeral, of course. And it would be raining, and I would be holding my umbrella with my fabulous boots, and I would just be, the wind would be blowing my veil off, and it would be so dramatic, and the photographers would be all over the place. Ooh, I just love a Sabina. Anyways, um, 
The 10-page subpoena, which has been seen by CNN, asked Wolkoff to hand over a variety of information, including any evidence of inaugural-related expenditures that were, quote, wasteful, mismanaged, and were properly provided private benefit. Ooh, I wonder what happened to the money. Um, it asks for communications between the inaugural committee and several business entities connected to President Trump or his family, as well as communications between Wolkoff and a number of Trump family members, including Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, and Jared Kushner. Multiple agencies are investigating Trump's inauguration, including federal prosecutors, sorry, um, I'm not, I don't know this legal jargon. I'm going to restart the sentence. Hmm. <clears throat> In the words of Chandler Bing, that didn't happen. Remember when um, he, uh, Phoebe and Rachel are looking for their Christmas presents and Chandler's like, do you, you don't look in the back of my closet. And he's like, didn't happen. Basically, that's like how I see my life too. And I don't want something to happen or I want to raise someone in my life. I snap and it goes away. Multiple agencies are investigating Trump's inauguration, including federal prosecutors in New York who are scrutinizing tens of thousands of documents handed over by the presidential inaugural committee. According to people familiar with the inquiry, authorities are investigating whether any of the donation money was misspent, used to improperly benefit certain individuals, or come came from foreign donors. Vanity Fair first reported the DC subpoena. Isn't Vanity Fair fashion, honey? Why is a fashion article... This is the day and age we're living in where fashion articles are hard-hitting news. This is, the, this is the day and age we're living in where the mistress of pop culture is hard-hitting news. I, this is why I say I literally, I feel like I am Diane Sawyer. And I love Diane Sawyer, but I feel like I'm her. The DC subpoena is the third Wolkoff has received um, about the inaugural's finances. The other two were from the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York Southern District um, and from the House Oversight Committee, according to a source... Familiar with the matter, reached by CNN, woke up said she could not comment, citing a non-disclosure agreement she signed with the 58th Presidential Inaugural Committee, the nonprofit group that oversaw Trump's inauguration. In a one-page statement released in April 2019, Wolkoff said, quote, If the PSC would release me from this obligation, I would be unable, I would be able to speak freely without fear of legal or financial repercussions. Otherwise, I am regrettably unable to provide any substantive comment. I feel like these non-disclosure, these NDAs from the government are like, they're like the mafia. They're like bullies. Like, you can't silence me, girl. Um, but two people close to Walkoff tell CNN that she has responded to the latest subpoena. So that could be worrisome for people connected to the inauguration. Walkoff has, Walkoff was deeply involved in last-minute details. I'm sorry, in minute details of the inauguration planning and was included in emails viewed by CNN that included costs, schedules, schedules, and matters among other information. If you don't know why I said schedules as schedules, then you need to watch Harry Potter and the um, Half-Blood Prince. Is that it? When Bellatrix says to Dumbledore on the Ministry Tower, um, sorry, Albus, love to, Albus, but a bit of a tight schedule. Oh, hell in the bottom. You slay me! Okay, Walkoff was deeply... I already read that part. Oh, this is the final paragraph. Oh, I just love when articles conclude. It's just like, oh, then I know I go to my kitchen and eat something. Oh, and I'm going to make the most delicious salmon and roast roast um, roast um chicken sandwich with mayo and Dijon mustard with um, a little bit of smoked salmon and cheese. Oh, I'm starving. Okay. One of the sources close to Wokoff told CNN that she is meticulous about record keeping and... Um, has maintained extensive records of her work surrounding the inauguration, including detailed ledger spreadsheets and budget expenses. Oh, girl, I don't even know how to operate Microsoft Word, so let alone spreadsheet, Microsoft PowerPoint. 
oh, the world is just falling apart as they say. You know what? I, good luck to you, girl, because you're going to need it. Anyways, that was, um, that was my episode for uh, today. I uh, recorded it again. It's Thursday the 15th, but if you're listening Friday, it's, you know, happy Friday the 16th. Um, I hope you guys all had a great end of the week and are going into a blast of a weekend. I'm going to do episodes Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays now because I feel like the two days, you know, the Tuesdays and Thursdays of the week, I can, you know, sort of build up good, good juicy stories for um, my Wednesday and uh, Friday episodes. But... As I said before, as I mentioned before, if any hard-hitting news just comes out and I really got to jump on this mic and get it out there, I will be back for a special, you know, little little jab of an episode. Um, and I hope you guys, uh, hope you guys are enjoying this. And I'm really grateful for all your listens and everything. Follow me on Instagram or message me on Instagram about anything you'd like me to report about. Report about my Instagram is at Andrew Devitri, A N D R E W period D E V I T R E. I love it. Um, and uh, last episode, I ended it with one of my favorite Disney songs, which is um, "Poor Unfortunate Souls," because while well, we are all currently poor, unfortunate souls in the world that we're living in under this current administration and, um, well, many other things. So, let me see. I was going through, uh, I was going through my iTunes, which I love because I love some music, and, uh, I figured I'm going to play another song to end out every episode. So the song I'm going to end today is a really positive one, and it's really inspirational, and it's from my girl Kelly C. Kelly Clarkson, first American Idol winner ever, and in the words of Kelly, what doesn't kill you makes you, what? Stronger. Have a good weekend, everyone. You know the bed feels warmer Sleeping here alone You know I dream in color And do the things I want You think you got the best of me Think you've had the last life Bet you think that Kill you makes you stronger Kill you.